Welcome to Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning to the great state of Texas. Good morning to the United States of America. Good morning to the rest of the world. And of course, good morning to every corner where our 100 watt transmitter gets to you. And not least, and least, not least, of course, to the internet, which puts us in every crack, crony. And you know what? We actually get people checking in, talking in, chatting in from some different places all over. Anyway, folks, good morning to the great geniuses in the studio. How art well, thou doing? Well, Jack, we lost our 100,000 watts and we're down to 100. We're down to 100. Did yeah. I say 100 again? Yes, you did. Oh, oh good morning. Thousand watts, and good morning uh, to Melbourne, Australia, picking us up on uh, shortwave. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? A hundred thousand watt, folks. A hundred thousand. Hey, Howard, you're back. Yes, sir. Great to see I, you uh, here, man. Well, it's good to be here. You, you you get to a certain age in life where where they say, "Oh, it's good to see you." I said, "It's good to be seen." <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, we're doing, we're doing yes. all right. And, and what on, we get to play requests too. Oh, today's a day. Starting at 9:30 this morning, we'll be opening up the phone lines and taking in people's requests. In fact, Jack is the man who actually actually does all the work. <laughs> I get to take all the credit. Jack does all the work. Hit the work, the Jack. To the phones. <laughs> yeah, hit the phones, Jack, and don't you come back. No, that's not that's not all right, what you got for us, Jack? You got some wisdom? Yeah, just a little, just a little wish or a little thing here. <clears throat> we must find a better idea besides profit as humanity's goal. Profit breeds corpor- corruption. Corruption steals humanity from us. Yeah, look at Washington D.C. and you'll see that in action. I feel robbed. I am. So do I. <laughs> and I didn't even bring my wallet today. Well, they can rob <laughs> you in other ways too. Yeah, they can. All right, let's turn it back over to Egberto for his fabulous show today. And, you know, they actually do, Jack. They actually do. You know, yesterday, remember, you had a, another good one where you're talking about um, just about the, the same thing. And the one thing that I wanted to bring out then was we've been uh, we've been sold a big bag of bad goods. You know, uh, what you just mentioned profits. And I want to reiterate that again. You talk. I mean, profits are not bad. Let's let 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 me get that out of the way. Uh, so, mom and pop store that's out there selling pizzas and making a profit. Uh, mom and pop grocery stores that's out there making a profit. Even small corporations out there that have their stores and making a profit and giving the best price and trying to you know make a good living for themselves as they give a good product. That's some good stuff. That's good honest business. That's what we do. And guess what? The people closest to the production or the service, those are the people that really should make that reward, right? Uh, if, if I write a book and I market the book and I sell the book, it's good that I get a small profit to keep me doing that, not only because I we have to live, but to keep you doing that. Where it gets obscene and, and you know, and, and t- Brother Jack, it's deep in his words, right? Where it gets obscene is when 
you have somebody on the outside sees, oh, Jack is a writer and Jack is making some money writing. You know what? I don't have to think about doing anything. I don't have to innovate. I don't have to create. I don't have to do any of that. What I'll do is I'll go to Jack and I'll say, Jack, I'm going to give you $50,000 and for the rights to your book up front. And then forevermore, I make something on your book, right? And that sounds innocent enough. That's a thing, you know. Jack exchanges his work for something later. But then this this person starts to do this all along. I give another example because the, the book, the Jack book is a small portion. But I then start to say, hey, I can start making money off of what other people do without adding a hell of a lot of value. So, you know, by the way, think about this. What is it that does that? Survive and do something off of something that does nothing? What is the definition of that again? I think that's called a parasite. But anyhow, you have these guys know that they go in and, you know, how, you know, supply and demand determine prices. And, you know, we understand why. Because if, if I want to buy a house and I really, really love that house and 10 people really, really love that house. And I was the first one I bought. I offer $50,000. And the person who's selling that house says, wow, but John is offering $55,000. And the guy, but Peter or Amy has 60000 And she said, I want it so bad. I'll give you sixty. That's not only in that is sort of a benevolent inflation in that scenario, but it also is a supply and demand thing. There's a short supply of the house like this that this person wants, so they pay more for it, right? But here is how it exists in a false economy, in a capitalist type economy. We get a corporation who's made a lot of money buying Jack's book for doing nothing, right? Jack wrote a book. He made a lot, a lot of money. I mean, rather, he started to sell it. But this guy offered Jack a lot of money up front. By the way, if Jack had just kept on selling the book year after year after year, he would make more money than, than selling his rights. But the upfront money seems pretty good and cool. And there was somebody there to give him that upfront money. And that person continues to make a lot of money on Jack's book. You know, Jack is still spending his 50 grand, but eventually it's going to run out. But this other guy is constantly making money off of Jack's book. Then Howard writes a book and he does the same thing with Howard. And I write a book and they do the same thing with me. And a thousand people write books. So this person now is a, has a whole lot of capital. And you know what he does? He just goes ahead and uses the same marketing scheme all these other people use. A legal, 100% legal, but I'm saying is a defect in the economic system. Let's continue now. With the profits that he makes from all those books, he, he wants to do something with all this money that he's getting. So he goes ahead and he, uh, the, the market, the, the, at some point, the real estate market crashes, right? Because, you know, uh, people stop paying the, on their notes because the economy fell and so forth. And since the guy who bought Jackson Howard books is sitting on a lot of cash, when all those homes fell out of favor, he bought them all up. 
and he bought all these homes. And somebody said, oh, savvy investment, true. But what he has done to community, right, is he's taken homes out of the community and he controls now the pricing scheme of those homes. So he gets an inflated value in the long run for the misfortune of others. And I am just giving a small example of how things work. And you, I know you have some listeners that are hearing me, listening right now, and they're saying, hey, that guy sounds like a good business person. That guy sounds like a great marketer. That guy sounds like, and they would be right. But the problem is, from a societal point of view, not having regulations as far as, well, hey, man, you have a lot of money, but you can't buy up a thousand homes in that subdivision where you will now control the pricing scheme of that house and not make a regular market control the pricing of that home. You can hold because you have all this money and and all you've done is transferred your assets, your your financial assets into housing assets. So whether it's occupied or not, you still have the asset so you can control pricing. And what we're seeing when you see all the rents go up right now, all the prices of homes go up right now, it's not because of inflation is high, but you have a manipulator that is doing something very, very legal. It's legal, but they're manipulating a market for a few, the capital few, that few that has capital has a material uh, impact on the lives of every single one of you in that area, in that division. And that is where America is today. We have a small amount of people with capital that controls just about anything. And since capital is fungible, capital is either cash or a home. Capital is either cash or a car. Capital is either cash or goodwill. So how you transition from a home to capital again, it doesn't matter to you. If you're a real estate person that owns 500 homes, whether they are rented or not, it's still capital that you own. And as long as you can keep it in mothballs for a while till you change the market for things to go up, it's fine. All these are legal within our economic system. There are no real regulations against these things, and it distorts what you, the individual that doesn't have a whole lot of capital pay. And they make you believe now that, hey, if John can do it, you can do it too. So don't try to stop John from doing that sort of stuff. Because, by the way, you have the freedom to do it. But do you? You know, uh, do you really have the freedom to do it? So this is not my subject for today. But Jack, as usual, always gives me a teaser to go ahead and let my mind flow into putting out something that's been in the recesses of my mind. But today's program is titled, and let me get to the title. It's titled Free Market Mythology, Grassroots for Change, Biden's Economy, and the Normalization of Trump. And as usual, like I always say, I, I, I come prepared to do four subjects with me doing all the talking and, and, and 
and having all these things. But since it's your show, if you call in and change the subject, you take precedence. Why do I always repeat this? Because we get new, new, new listeners every day, folks. Okay. That's why I repeat this. But it's your show. And if you want to change a topic, you have the right to change a topic. Every now and then, there's something that I do want to get in, and I try to get it in in between callers. But Gonzalo, hermano mío de Cuba, entra, por favor. How are you doing, yes, my brother? Good morning, Eduardo. How are you? Happy good Friday. morning, sir. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's Friday. Uh, okay, about the topic, uh, I think the people you were talking about are called investors. Yes. And, uh, Especially here in Texas, they were attracted by the uh, uh, real estate uh, good prices compared to one, the ones in California and other states, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, prices are crazy. And they decided to either invest or move to Texas. That's right. one of the reasons I think prices have gone up here. Right. Other reason is that. Uh, the offer and demand is uh, the balance is not uh, right, so there mm-hmm. are there is less inventory, and that is a, a, a law, a principle of capitalism. If there is less offer than demand, the prices go up, and uh, um, there are many reasons. I think COVID. I think. Uh, uh, I would say lack of uh, investors, uh, developers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think uh, the most important thing is the interest rate. And uh, uh, I would say that's not a Biden thing because the, I think that the treasure uh, uh, guy is uh, it's a Republican guy as far mm-hmm. as I know. And uh, he has done the best he could to uh, go to the point that we are. And I think that's the key point to slow down the housing uh, affordability for many people, you know? Gonzalo, uh, can, I, can I interrupt for a second? I want to interrupt for a second. Sure, uh, sure, I, sure. Everything that you're saying is correct about how the market actually works, including the housing market, right? All of that is correct. All I am saying is that based on how it works, it depri- uh, first of all, there's a basal value for any home, right? The basal value for a home is the materials to build a home the, and the, uh, the labor that it takes to build a home. That's a basal value of the home Initially, nobody pays that. They always pays, pay a premium over that. All right. And that that premium over the basal value of the home, I didn't include land because, you know, land is, uh, you know, the land is whatever the land is. But uh, that's a basal value of the home. The amount it costs to build a home and the, um, the cost of the materials in the home, uh, that's its, its value. And everything over that is icing on the cake. And what I'm saying is, we have allowed a few people to put a whole big bunch of gloves of icing on the cake, not using real, it's not real supply and demand. Because if you take a look at our housing market right now, there's a hell of a lot of houses on the market. 
empty because investors, I'm calling your real estate folks investors now, because they decide if they hold on to those homes, uh, the value of each of the ones they release is so much more, they, that market gets skewed up and then it goes, you know, they make more money. New York is going to be an interesting thing, though, because New York and other business areas, because of COVID, as you mentioned before, Gonzalo, uh, COVID has created a new working paradigm. And that new working paradigm says, hey, a lot of people don't want to come into work anymore. A lot of people don't want to sit in an office five days a week. And thus, there's a whole lot of office space all over major cities. So that is putting a little bit of scare in the, in the, in the commercial real estate market. But a home market, hey, go ahead, Gonzalo. Just needed to add that. Yeah, I mean, as I said before, uh, I'm 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 particularly referring I'm I'm referring to Texas. So I know right. New York is crazy, and uh, New York City. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. not the whole state. My mother lives in Rochester, and uh, uh, I spoke to somebody who uh, knows about numbers, and he said the prediction for Rochester was that there will be over a, a million uh, inhabitants, and they haven't uh, even. They are, they are not even by uh, 2022, and they're not even close. Right. So there, there is a lot of fluctuation in the mobility and uh, the people. And uh, Texas and Florida are the states that receive most of the immigrants because of obvious reasons. So everybody wants to be in a sun state or <laughs> uh, that the, the temperatures and, and the climate is not that bad right uh, um, I mean it's getting interesting because uh, they say that the interest rates are not going going up they're going to be going down but yeah I don't think it will go down as far as 3% uh, back in 2020 and right well, I don't know well we'll see what happened Gonzalo but I need to go to Harry but let me just tell you one thing Gonzalo uh, the interest rate issues, I think we spoke about that before. I don't know if you're on the show then, but the interest rates that, you know, that we had to, to supposedly mitigate inflation was, again, uh, trying to make a correction on the back of the average American citizen. It's sad, but inflation wasn't caused by uh, COVID or the supply chain or any of that. It was corporate greed with over 50% of the inflation. We should not have had the bare the brunt of it, but as usual... They take money out of our pockets to solve all our problems, while the wealthy use those same mechanisms to make money on both ends of the scale. But we'll talk about that another time, my dear brother. Thank you, Gonzalo. Okay, I, you and I am with you. Thank you very much. I have a good day. Gracias, hermano. Let's go to Harry. Come on in, brother. Harry, how art thou doing, sir? I'm doing well, Roberto Willis, El Professor Roberto Willis. Thank you for these economic lessons that you have given us today and what you um, gave us yesterday. And thank you, Gonzalo, for your comments on the real estate market. I call them because I like these points that you're talking about. 
these are these people that you're talking about are people like someone who used to work in the Donald Trump administration and was in real estate. And that guy is Steve Mnuchin. He did that in California, buying up a lot of homes, making it difficult for um, families to get homes by jacking up the price. You've got people like um, uh, investors, as Gonzalo was talking about there, like BlackRock. They buy these right. homes up. And the people who uh, benefit are the few. And then it makes it difficult to buy homes. You you hear people like Arnie Arneson talking about these kinds of uh, topics and how it's uh, difficult for people to afford a home. Even here in Missouri City, when I was out running errands um, yesterday, I've seen homes here for sale around in my area where I live, and they're empty. You're absolutely right about that. And this is all you were trying to do. I heard you all very clearly yesterday morning when Caller Joe called up and he was talking about how investors are bad people. Uh, or I should say, he was trying to tell you that investors are bad people. All you were saying is, is look, the investors don't do any other work. And as you pointed out many times, that these people, that um, people who do the work, and as you were talking about with the book example, Jack writes a book, Howard writes a book, you write a book, and then somebody, some billionaire or millionaire comes in and buys it up. They did none of the work. And that's all you were explaining, and that's what Professor Richard Wolf was explaining our economic update with the shares. The more people who, um, who own the shares, they're the ones who get the perks. They get the bonuses and those kinds of things, whereas the working steps uh, get slave wages. And that's I, all you're doing is edifying and educating people on this show about. And that's, you know, uh, Harry, I am so happy you brought that up again, because I, that is the one part that I want inculcated into people's minds. It's not about, I am not saying that in these guys are doing anything illegal or anything like that. They're doing what they, they learn to do. And we are behaving yeah. with how we were indoctrinated. We were indoctrinated into believing that that abstraction of earning money is a good thing. It, capitalism yeah. does that abstraction of earning. In other words, uh, I can make I, I, I create a secondary market that where the person who is doing the work gets it's the least of the stakeholders and the person who owns the capital is the most. And again, that is not far removed from slavery. People want to call it voluntary, yeah. but it's not far removed from slavery. It's antiseptic now, but there are other models. Harry, and, and I want to stress this to the people that are listening. We're not talking communists and all that kind of stuff, but there are other economic models where you share in the spoils they people other people yeah. say well you know when the company doesn't do well they still pay you are you going to take the tax cut i mean rather the the, the weight that wage cut we already do it's called unemployment corporations yeah. never lose and we have to we have to change our mindset into that from a mindset of defending those who do so little and starting to defend those who support us all, the American worker. Continue, my brother. Yeah, because what you just said there is you're saying, let's help the little guys. The little guys who do the work, they should be able to get bonuses and perks, and not just the people at the top in the 1% get 
most of the month and get most of the money and benefit from the, uh, the being a shareholder. The little guys need to get the the same perks and benefits and have the same shares as the big guy. But again, as you said, it's, there's that word capital. And who he who has the most capital? It's kind of, I said this on the show last year when you we were talking about this very sort of kind of thing. I brought up the Oliver Stone. Wall Street movie when mm-hmm. Michael Douglas's character says, "I create nothing; I own everything." Exactly. And what, um, and what, uh, what uh, the uh, character? Um, let me see, Mark, um, Martin Sheen's character, Charlie Sheen's father, when he was telling Charlie Sheen at the end, uh, when he was talking, or well, maybe in the best kind of way, it was some kind of it, it was a screwed up thing that could best. Happened to you when you said, I'm going to, you know, dad, I'm going to jail. And I said, remember. Create, uh-huh. something with, create something with your life. Don't live off the buying and selling of others. And I wanted to point out one other thing you said yesterday on Steve's show. He's going to be talking about um, homeowners association today. But whenever you guys were talking about Donald Trump, I like what John Garcia said and what you said and Carla Sherrill said. Carla Sherrill is taught, thinking the way I'm thinking when she said, He's going to vote for Cornell West because he's the most, he's a very honorable and honest man. And he's spoken for decades of how um, the Zionists, Israelis, have been treating the Palestinians. And she was like, well, um, he will, if, uh, if Cornell West were to get in there, he, I trust him and he would try to end this war. He would try to do whatever he could to end this war. He wouldn't, he's not a supporter of Israel and that he would also uh, not try to lead us into other wars. But what you said about Donald Trump is absolutely correct. He has this way. He has a spell. He has a cult type of mindset to put us under. And when, like you said, when he when he doesn't get angry and say a lot of crazy nonsense things like I could shoot somebody and probably get away with it on Fifth Avenue, when he just talks normal and it looks like that's when he's most dangerous because that's when his cult ability exactly. comes in. Hey, and he suffers, he suffers people. That's Harry, Steve, you heard me on there yesterday. I heard you, and and look, thank you, man. I gotta go. Uh, I gotta uh, get to Augie, but uh, point taken. Thank you for your call, as usual, my brother. You stay okay. safe. All right. You do, and have a good weekend. And you too, Jack. And you too, Howard. I'll be listening to the Great Wide Open. All right, and I, you know they play the real thing. Let's go to Augie. Come on in, Augie. Hey, morning. Yeah, I was listening to Gonzalo, and he just cares about Texas. Well, uh, I worked around the city with the phone company, and I worked in the Third Ward and Fifth Ward a lot. And uh, I saw the changes in Third Ward. I remember this old man lived in a row house. He lived in it for 40 years. He rented that row house for 40 years. But then these LLCs came in and bought up all these houses. And now he doesn't know where he's going to live. And uh, that's a reality. Um, and I was thinking about what uh, earlier about, uh, um, well, uh, Gazala also said something about what affects prices, what's COVID and all that. But uh, the thing that affects prices the most is greed. And uh, But the few people that own spot everything, they can charge prices as high as they want to in spite of what, what wars that are going on and COVID and everything else. Uh, I took an economics class at UTSA one time. And the professor there was the Milton Friedman guy. And he was talking about a business. 
that was making profits, but they weren't high enough for their shareholders needed a higher profits. And so they decided uh, to close up that company because the profits were not enough. And I'm thinking, that sounds crazy. There's a company making money, but it's not making enough money, and, you, and you're going to close it down? But uh, that's what was being taught in some economics classes in some of the universities, seems like. And uh, talking about uh, guys who uh, who uh, didn't work for anything, Thomas Edison didn't make all those inventions. It was his workers, his scientists. They come up with those inventions, and then he took credit for them. And when I worked at the phone company, I remember when you set party lines and you had to dial up uh, for long distance, I had to go to the operator. Uh, the technology was there for, for direct dialing. The only thing they held it up was they couldn't figure out how to charge customers to pay to direct dial. And there was a guy in San Antonio that came up with it, an employee. He, he had a crew of his that they weren't doing anything. They were smart folks. And there was a meeting in St. Louis where the corporate headquarters was at that time. And uh, one of the topics was, how can uh, we charge for direct dialing? And then he came up with the idea, and he told him, well, our crew came up with the idea. And everybody thanked him. And, uh, and the chairman thanked him. The CEO thanked him. And what he got out of it was, was a special edition of the practice on how to charge people for direct dialing. And when we had... Uh, people had landlines. Uh, there was a guy, another Bell employee, who on his own time at his own at his house at night would work on different things like direct dialing and voice and the voicemail and stuff. He came up with it, and he thought he was going to make some money with it. But uh, AT and T sued him because he was an employee of theirs. Even though he came up stop with right there, uh, stop right there, uh, stop right there, because it's, please, Augie, you're a genius. Let me just tell you something. Uh, what you just defined was antiseptic slavery. In other words, all uh, account, you you go, they want you to go pay for your education, right? You go to college. The, the state, either you pay for your education out of pocket or you get assistance. Well, all of us get assistance. If, if you go to a Texas university, Texas is bearing the cost of that university because of all the assets that it has to maintain and so forth. So the state and you pay for your education. You go work for a company. You invent something at that company because you work at that company. They own your intellectual property. Unless you got into some agreement before, you invent something at that company, they own that intellectual property. What does that mean? That means exactly what you just said. That private guy tried to do something with what he invented, and then he goes ahead and gets sued. When I worked for Daniel, I, inv I, I, I created this real-time uh, uh, round-robin operating system, and I placed it on the stick module. I dared them to go ahead and sue me for putting that into the stick. You know, I, I probably should have gotten a license and fee for putting that product onto this microcontroller that was there. So you you nailed it when you pointed that out, sir. Anything else before I, I move on real quickly? And uh, well, the guy could have won. The only problem was he didn't have a good lawyer. Uh, AT&T had a whole table full of lawyers. He only had one, but that lawyer was not a good lawyer. And he should yeah. have won, the case, but he didn't. A lot of but, times it's hard to win that case 
Because again, if he didn't have a contract signed with the employee before, if you take a look at what you sign as an employee, they own you. Everything that you make or whatever, they own it, right? I mean, it is it is such a whenever you know a lot of a lot of regular American workers. When I say things like uh, the the employee model currently is is antiseptic slavery, they get mad at me. I am no slave, you know, because. You know, I know what they're thinking. It's like you're trying to tell me I'm like those those folks who were slaves in this country before. I, that's not me. And I, my thing is like, actually, let me just say, absent the degradation or whatever, the antiseptic slavery of today is actually more economical because the slaves had to be paid. Uh, the slave had to be fed. The slaves had to be clothed. The slaves had to have health care. Because they were machines and they had to work, they had to produce. So to keep that capital, that slave productive, we had to keep that slave fairly healthy. But an employee, we don't. If you're an employee and you can't work today, bye-bye. There's somebody else waiting to take your place. Look, there are better economic models, people. That's not the scary communism. That's not the scary socialism that everybody's really thinking. If it's not capitalism, it is something else. There are better economic models. We are, we per, listen to what something that you just said, Augie. There's another thing that you said that was so important. You said the reason we didn't get direct dial in earlier. It's because they couldn't find a way to monetize it for the big dude to make money on it. Ask yourself this question, people and Augie. Think about how many cures are out there that are likely natural that is being held up because somebody can't find a way to make money off of it. Think about COVID and what Trump did that caused a lot of deaths in COVID. They had to get the money, the way the money was going to be distributed with whatever care they were going to give or drugs first. Then we talked about getting it done. There's a lot packed up to in what you just said, Augie. Yeah. And well, those slaves also had to be housed. And I don't think anybody wants to live in the houses like those slaves that did. And the Republicans are kind of smart. They made Texas a right to work, and they call it right to work. No, it's, it's all right about naming. It's, it's all about how you name it. Hey, I, I need to salute Eric Hayes is in the uh, is in our chat room as well as Paul Fleming. Paul Fleming is in is Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Eric Hayes is in uh, Kingwood, and Eric Hayes, as usual, he's Eric is towing the line of the corporate structure. He says, "I'm gaslighting." I would love for him to call into the show now and tell me which item that I mentioned was in. And I ask everybody who, you know, attacks or say something or to either correct me. And I promise you, if you correct me about something that I say is wrong, I promise you, because it's happened before, I, I atone. I say, oops, I, I missed that one. And I atone. That is how we move forward as far as educating each other. So therefore, Eric Hayes, why don't you come on air and tell us what you just said and let's see what which what is actually accurate. 
please feel free to do so. Augie, anything else you have to say? Yeah, well, George Bush, he, he didn't want to get into uh, politics. Uh, the only uh, uh, Somebody talked him into it. And uh, the last two weeks, he was governor of the state. He made these midnight laws. It was in the papers in the Houston Chronicle. They call them uh, the midnight laws, I think. And But one of the laws was the right to be fired. And uh, they could fire you for no reason at all. And, and they made it a law that made it for uh, um, bosses. You can fire you, an employee for no reason at all. Yeah. And, uh, and, I and, then, and then it's a right to work state, man. You know, I mean, it, it, we, are a, yeah. a, we are a right to work state and it sounds good. It means a right to be fired state. That's what it means. Hey, um, uh, yeah. so anyway, Augie, I need to continue. Uh, uh, so um, thank you, my brother, for calling as usual with insightful information. Go ahead. Thank you, brother. Peace. Anyway, folks, 713-526-5738 is the number. 713-526-5738. Uh, uh, by the way, Eric, Augie doesn't have to leave his job. Augie is retired. Augie did very well for himself. And Augie is a big supporter of KPFT. Augie is not a parasite like a lot of our, some in our other class. Uh, he did well and he wants to do well by us all in the United States of America and beyond. So, you know, get off the rhetoric, my friend. We have good people around here. We have good people who are t talking this talk that are doing real stuff to move America forward. Got Jack comes in in the morning every day, every day, making sure that people can hear this. You have Howard all over the damn place making sure this 100,000 watt Howard, I said it right this time, 100,000 watt transmitter can get things all over the state and beyond. Anyway, folks. Hey, wow, Jack, we've been restored to a hundred thousand watts. <laughs> Look, off with one hundred. Now we got a hundred thousand. You're not gonna make me forget that. Look, I have a 17 minute video that I wanted to play, but I'm not going to do it because we don't have enough time. So I'll play it another. Uh, I'll play it probably on uh, Monday on on the area. It's a local group called Somos Spring Branch. Okay, I repeat, SOMOS is S-O-M-O-S, Spring Branch. This is an organization that, uh, that works on uh, making sure people uh, vote for school board. There, there's a grassroots organization. And I think one of our responsibilities here is to help community uh, promote uh, grassroots things that work for us all. If we got the grassroots activated, the current system would not continue to work as it does. We would get policies that benefit us all. Alistair Water is in the house. Talk to me, sis. Hey, good morning, brother. Good morning, Houston and everybody else. I just got to say the keyboard warrior is at it again with Eric. <laughs> you know, he's mighty powerful behind the keyboard typing in gaslighting and all of that stuff, but he has no facts and he can't back his facts that he claims he has. So I just wanted to put that out there. He ain't ever going to call in the show because he's too nervous and too afraid to be called out for his BS. 
Yeah, Alistair, you know, I mean, l- let me tell you, one of the biggest problems that we have, um, and, and I am, that's why I am so glad for both the show that we do here at KFFT and the one that we do at three o'clock uh, on the internet. And the reason why is as follows. We have, we have an entire system that by design, it's not like it, it didn't ha- it's not like it happened automatically. By design, it was there to indoctrinate us because there were, look, there's nothing special about what I'm doing here, okay? Uh, people have been doing this for a long time. The muckrakers been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, enlightening people, that's how we got things like unions and all of that. Our, uh, Augie would tell you that. It's about people who say, you know what? I am not going to sit down and buy the company line. I'm going to open my eyes and see things for the way they are, not how they tell me I should see them. And when you when you break out of that, when you break out of a system where you depend on somebody else telling you how things are, what I what I hope I am doing, Alistair, is I hope I am not saying think the way I think. I hope I am saying, listen to what I'm saying and think the the logical way based on me me giving me being a catalyst for you to not just think. Go ahead. You help us. You help us to not to not have the spoon fed ideology of the other of the other side, right? And make us think and want to research and see what you are saying. And back it, see if it's backed with proof. Exactly, and 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 the the thing about it is, as you as you know from our three o'clock. Right, but you know what? You also know, Alison, because you are on the three o'clock show as well. You see that we people bring in ideas into. In fact, a lot of stuff we do here at KPFT, it had its genesis, its beginning in uh, the three o'clock show because we have so many people. Uh, educating us all, right? Don't we? Somebody find this piece of information elsewhere. They bring it here. Egberto, check this out. And it's like one big aggregation of knowledge, right? And that's what it's all about. You know, none of us know everything, you know, but we learn together. Anyway. Anyway, Alistair, thank you very much, sis, for calling in. Thank you, sis. You too. You too. All right. Let's go to Peter. Come on in, Peter. A very good morning to you, Egberto, and the politics done. How you doing, Peter? Outstanding. And I have a couple of comments for you. And um, you know, looking forward to hearing your thoughts on them. So okay. you have an analogy. As you know, I'm I'm the professor here of politics done right and critically thinking and what I would like to say this morning is related to the talk about real estate this morning. So let's just say we have a swimming pool in our backyard. It's it's an attractive nuisance, so kids can see it, and it's a liability. So it's the same as our say the United States, where attractive nuisance to at the border, like people coming up to our country, it's an it's an attractive nuisance. So this is an analogy. So that's one thought I had, and, and of course we have a fence around our backyard, and we've got you know things to prevent uh, people to actually come into that swimming pool, but say this is in their way that we should be able to protect our border and actually have common sense um, immigration reform. 
Yeah, look, first of all, let me let me tell you. I look, the, the fact that we have countries mean that we have borders and countries have resources that it does for others. We also have international laws that we all follow, right? International laws that says if somebody yeah. is seeking asylum, etc., you have to let them I mean there there are international rules and there are national rules, okay? Is what occurring at the border a disaster? Yes. So let let's let's clear that up. Do we need a fence to solve this disaster? Actually, a fence to solve the disaster at the border is is nowhere close to a fence to protect people from coming into your backyard or from or for going into your swimming pool. There are two distinct things. That's almost as that that sort of analogy is all is similar to the analogy I hear people make about your personal credit card and the national debt. They are all debt, but they are they have completely different behaviors. Example now. Let's 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 follow the methodology the, the, the reality and say we'll just build a wall and we build a wall from uh from uh from Texas, from where the border starts in Texas to where it ends in California. Oh, that sounds good. And let's say that we build it so well that we invested the money to make it a thousand feet deep so that they can't go under it. And a and a hundred feet high, so that it'll take them so much effort to get a ladder to put it over that it can't do two things. It, the wall didn't work all that well for Israel, but that's that's beside the point. The point is, instead of investing all of that in building an impenetrable wall on the south for people to come in, you create. People don't leave their homes because they just want to leave their homes. People leave their homes in other countries because there is a problem there. So if we want to solve the problem, we don't solve it by, by being animals with good people at the border. And by the way, we do need a lot more workers in this country, but we don't do bad. And we don't, we don't show our colors by harming those people at the border. What we do is ask what the real problem is. And when you go into the core of the problem, Peter, uh, Mr. Professor, and please look this up, you will see that a lot of American policy from the North Atlantic trade uh, uh, basis to the Caribbean trade uh, treaty, all these treaties have all been biased towards the American business class. And in doing so, it has displaced people from their land in Guatemala, El Salvador, IT, Haiti, and these places. And where do these displaced workers and people go? They come to the United States. All right. Why? Because it's yep. a land of opportunity. All right. So there's we this should be a multi-pronged effort to solve the problem. First, we correct the problems that make the rice in AT that they can't sell anymore because America took over their rice shipments. And and I could we could name item after item for different countries that creates a problem. We could stop the embargo on Cuba. We could stop the embargo on Venezuela. We could do a lot of these things that wouldn't create the misery in these countries. You see, we want people to believe the misery in these countries are caused by the economic system of those countries. That's not the case. The case is exacerbated by what we do. So. It, we will do well to solve the problem in a two-tier basis. First, we have to handle immediate problem at hand. 
the, 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 the influx of people at the border. But the problem that we have is we are a very dishonest people. And, and when that is tied with racism and all the other isms, we get what we get with gaslighting from Republicans and, and, and timid Democrats like, uh, like, uh, uh, all red in that who's running against uh, who's running against um, uh, Ted, Cruz. Ted Cruz? That's why. And thank you so much. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Thank you so much. And those those thoughts, I'm sure that exactly what you're saying. They're they're kicking that can around up there in D.C. But the problem is, you got Mitch McConnell on the Senate. My understanding is, for about the uh, past you know 14 years or so, he's been actively working. Right. Look, ideas like Mitch McConnell and all these guys. They're clowns. I'm sorry. Uh, they have they have the most incompetent person likely in America uh, con- uh, telling these guys what to do. You know, I mean, I, I talk about privilege, man. I, such a flawed person can have so much power in a country just tells you something about uh, when, when I when we talk about the defect. Right. It tells you something when you have somebody so provably incompetent. It tells you something. Go ahead, uh, Peter, before I go to Derek. Peter. Okay, so there we might be some problems there. Okay. Thanks for talk. God bless you. Okay, thank you, Peter. Uh, we got we we have some connection errors. Let's go to Derek real quick. Come on in, Derek. Hey, good morning. You you know I I have said it on this program several times before. America has not escaped from her unique brand of slavery. It is a model that has worked for them. I just want to say to the progressives and to the Democrats, you all, man, you got to watch out for the night train. And I'm going to tell you who's on this night, who's good conductors on these night trains. It's a lot of these Democrats who are nothing but Dixiecrats who have woven themselves into the party again. It's no accident that you had uh, Joe Manchin and all of them there. Voting for the Democrat, uh, voting for a lot of the uh, Republican Party. You got a lot of these people honeycombed in there. And I want to say this, uh, Alberto. Uh, I still have yet to hear any information about Dr. OBDK Kamal, who used to be a long time uh, uh, person there, KPFT uh, radio personality, about hearing about his funeral arrangements or anything. We hear nothing because it's the same thing that happened with Dr. Lynn Chu over there. And I hope KPFT, man, value you all because if, if you all pass away, man, y'all do so much for a lot of us that we need to know whenever you all pass, we need to know information about y'all uh, arrangements. Uh, you're, you're so right about Derek. Derek, as far as Obedike is concerned, I, I did a, a, a short memorial in the in, in the front of my show. I don't know if you listened to the show that I did the the, 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 the week that I found out that he died. Obedike was a friend. As far as the funeral arrangements, I hadn't uh, I hadn't heard about. I imagine I, I haven't heard about it. I hadn't gone about it again. Um, that's uh that's an issue yeah. i but let me just say one other thing i did go and we got some outtakes from obedike and we do intend to have a program on obedike i know that right that i said uh i think it was on sunday said had a show honoring obedike as well 
Yeah, and I have some uh, footage too because I also have a podcast. I had one at one time, and he was a guest on my podcast. Right. I did share some information like that as well. Yeah, well, like I said on my show, Obedike was the first person in Houston to interview me for my book, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right Wing Doom. I love Obedike. You know what? I, I'm glad you said that. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk with a uh, Shape Community Center because if we don't get a chance to uh, attend his uh, his his uh, uh, services, then let's get together all those who were, was affected by him and do a memorial for him. I I will get in contact. If, if you if you take care of putting that together, Derek, uh, you have my info. Uh, go ahead, and I will be a part of it. Okay. Okay. I thank you. Thank you, my brother. All right. Uh, you have a great day, my friend. Go, let's go to Brian. Come on in, Brian. Okay. Have you and your listeners or viewers seen the uh, video of the communists demanding that no one take their picture in the London airport? Uh, excuse me. Yeah, it was London airport, the man playing the piano. No, tell me uh, about it. About no, tell me about yeah, it. There was a group of, no, there was a group of uh, communists with communist mm-hmm. flags, uh, somebody was playing a piano, mm-hmm. and they walked over and said, "No, we demand you don't take our picture." And the man said, "No, this is a free country. They could call the police on the man." So, uh, guess how many Chinese nationals have now crossed the border? And no, it's not because of our economic system degrading theirs. They're coming from all different countries, even England. They're crossing the border. And we have nothing to do with their economic system. Welcome to the new world. Um, uh, let me let me just say this, Brian. Okay, uh, we get a lot of information as far as who's at the border and the the right. And look, um, I let me just tell you this, Brian. Manu a manu, I've seen a change in you as you are listening to this program. That you are willing now more so than before to at least listen to what somebody else has to say. And I commend you for that. All right. I listen to you as well. You know that I have a mission for you that I am asking you to do on my behalf. And that is to go out there and not source from one place and and don't come back with an answer right now. I don't want to hear that answer. I'm going to just ask you to do something for everything that you're saying of this nature go ahead and get irrefutable proof. Okay, that's all I'm asking of you. Get irrefutable proof. There is too much out there that people are telling good people to get them all riled up uh, that shouldn't. So I'm going to let you go right now, but I'm going to ask you to, uh, you know, you have free, uh, you have carte blanche at this show. You call in and nobody ever blocks you from saying what you want to say on this program. So I, I don't want to answer now. I just asked you to do something for me. All right. Brian. Okay. You didn't. 38 minute. Yeah. The 38 minute video from YouTube is, is incorrect. It's a lie. Again, I haven't seen it, so I can't, I, I would have to go ahead and check it out. But what I'm saying is I want you to start doing some investigative thing and not just look at the video, look at the video, look at the producer, look at other things. And then we talk. That's all I'm asking you to do to open your mindset so that you can actually do things like that and not just take it at face value. But I got to go, brother. It's, it's at 55. Thank you for calling in, Brian. 
You always have a place here, brother. Peace. Um, listen. I'll, I'll talk to you Monday. Look at the Thank videos. I, I tell you what, what you got to do is send me the specific video. Uh, KPFT at politicsunright.com. KPFT at politicsunright.com. Let's get over to El Senor Jack, El Senor Howard. Talk to me, guys. Well, I don't have anything for you except to tune in and listen to your request at 713-526-5738. Jack will be manning the phones, or I guess I should be politically correct, and Jack will be personing the phones <laughs> later on this morning. Yeah, yeah, you know. I'm a man. I can take it. Can you take it? He's going to man the phones then. We're going to be bold here at KPFT. Jack, what you got? Well, when it comes to walls, walls fall. Thank you. That's a good one. When it comes to walls, walls fall. I love that. Anyway, Jack K. Riashi, welcome to Politics and Right. Eric Hayes, uh, Josie Hula Ojeda, welcome to Politics and Right. Uh, who else did I miss on the chat? Thank you guys for being here. Anyway, thank you callers. Thank you listeners. Thank you, Howard and Jack. Love you all. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.